Welcome to a bonus Patreon episode. Where we take a look at another Hanna-Barbera mystery-solving franchise in the format of Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts exclusively for our patrons. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching The Funky Phantom, Don't Fool with a Phantom. We were cold and soaking wet and lost out in a storm. We went inside a spooky house hoping to get warm. A dusty clock said half past six. We knew that it was wrong. When we set the house at twelve o'clock, began to bark. It's a funky phantom. The spirit of 'til we get to the Chan clan. <laughs> I'm I'm shocked that you're acting that way, Amelia. This is the closest to Scooby-Doo I think that we've gotten from these uh Hanna-Barbera also rans. This uh this approximates the Scooby-Doo formula pretty well. Doesn't mean it's good. Uh which is an argument I felt you would make. And yes, we do have yet Another goddamn race in this episode. All three of our Patreon-exclusive episodes have been about racing. Captain Caveman was a foot race. Are you lumping that in together with I am. Speed Buggy and fucking Speed Buggy's model that they just don't give a face that these fuckers drive around in? We Well, I mean, that, that, this was a weird hybrid of a car this time. It was half steam tractor. But yes, I'll I'll lump in all three of those together as races. No wonder that things got wacky, wacky races. I Another Hanna-Barbera property. What you're going for, and I'm never watching wacky <laughs> racers. So <laughs> well, we'll see. No, we will not. That's that is as definitive as you were with Laugh Olympics. So I'm going to believe it to be true. So yeah, here we are. Don't fool with a phantom. That's a bit of a recognizable title. Really? From where? It is, well, Amelia, from a little program called Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And what is that? It is Is that a, anything like Funky Phantom? It's similar. My favorite series in the whole wide world? No, it's not. It's not the same at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are two definitely similar things. One of them not just cashing in on the other, very obviously. It's it's strange, but I will say, I think the advantage that the Funky Phantom has in terms of the other Hanna-Barbera shows we've watched is that it's earlier. Don't Fool with the Phantom aired on September 11th, 1971. This is actually the series premiere of the Funky Phantom, and it aired in between the transition of two Scooby-Doo series. It aired after Don't Fool with a Phantom and before Ghastly Ghost Town. So it literally has the same title as the Scooby-Doo episode that immediately preceded it. 
I find that to be worse. If there was a <laughs> if there was a larger amount of time between them, I'd have less of a problem. But it's like, oh hey, you named your episode Don't Fool with a Phantom? We'll name our episode Don't Fool with a Phantom. Just seems lazy. And the fact that, that is this is just another Scooby-Doo ripoff isn't lazy. It's to have the exact title. I hate Hanna Barbera. They're shit, man. They're real lazy. But I will say that's my whole thing because this is earlier. It's taking place right around the same time as Scooby Doo. Where are you? God damn, these backgrounds are gorgeous. That's the that's my first impression. Is like wow, like this actually looks like how I would want it to look. That creepy ass barn is a good barn. If you say so. My at first glance is that they've stolen Scooby-Doo's format, art style, and music, and for whatever fucking reason, Speed Buggy is their car, and they've named it the Looney Dooney. And I just want to die well, over this, speed, Billy. Speed Buggy was a buggy. This is clearly a um, sand dune Car. What Speed are they, buggy. What are they called? Is a dune buggy. Dune buggy. Dune. Dune. Oh my god! It's the same goddamn word. Dune buggy. They've just split it up in between these two. So I know it looks like I'm putting it on sometimes, but that was a legitimate realization that the word was dune buggy. Where Where else am I supposed to go with this episode, <laughs> Billy? I I don't know. You I mean, flabbergasted me. So we With did your dumbness. We did just watch an episode of Speed Buggy for our last Patreon episode. Instead of asking how does this hold up to Scooby Doo, how do you think it compares to Speed Buggy? Just to wrap up our episode right now. <laughs> oh my god, like I don't even know which one I hate more. I hate both of them. Don't take don't get me wrong, there is no liking in this scale. My scale is hate the most and hate a little bit least. And I don't know where I'm putting speed buggy versus the loony doony and the assholes that ride around in it. In terms of vehicle, like I, I don't get the buggy, the the doony, whatever you want to call it, as a long-term vehicle. The Scooby-Doo van, the RV that Captain Caveman was in, those have roofs, you could sleep in there, you could haul cargo. The dune buggy is like something you use for an afternoon's jaunt. It's a joyride. So it, in terms of like crossing the country solving mysteries, it doesn't seem practical. And they are just cramming into these two dune buggies, the worst set of characters you can imagine. And the last one fucking misogynistic piece of crap tinker mark who didn't say a goddamn word <laughs> and mark deserved what, better what's her name can't even remember and then here we have uh two dudes fighting for the girl that's in the group yes she has an awful goddamn voice <laughs> you are and you're laying into this they have a, a flamboyantly gay phantom with them plus a dog and, and a, a cat. Ghost cat. <laughs> There's too many. <laughs> For like, what are they doing? Hanna-Barbera! Here's, here's the other thing. This, like, a, a dune buggy? What did you call it? The dune buggy? I'm a learning. Dune buggy, I'm learning yes. this word for the first time today. I feel like there's a. It's a maximum. Two is comfortable. Three is a tight fit. 
And at the moment, you have, like, six characters in there. And granted, the cat sometimes rides astride the ghost man's hat. But it's it's too busy. Buy a van. And then Speed Buggy, they have an excuse. The car is alive. So good reason not to ab- and even then and they took a plane. And they're also presumably flying around the world to participate in races with Yeah. Them. Here, they're just getting around in a dune buggy. It's no way for a man to get around. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we are in agreement that that is the first strike against the funky phantom is that it is an inefficient mode of transportation. Now give us <laughs> the fucking premise, would ya? I will. Let's get into this proper. The kids rescue Mr. Higgins after Mudsy has crashed into his farm by building a monster mobile so they can win money in a cross-country race. God damn it, that was a mess. It was. <laughs> it makes it seem like they crashed into the farm because they built a monster mobile. But they built the monster mobile... Because the ghost that was driving their dune buggy trashes it. Yeah, and and then it's in aid of the farm. Like, they're, the money they win at that race is to help out this farm that their only relationship is that they crashed into. Motivations all over the place. Now the premise says the kids, so I guess we'll get into the kids. Let's start with the Augie Aura, yes, this as is... we have named it. This is for Augie Anderson. He is the uh, the bigger fellow wearing the white turtleneck and bla- red blazer. He looks like a total fucking prat. And oh, he- God, I hate everyone in this episode so much. You do. You really do. <laughs> and he he's acting like a jackass. He calls Skip a chicken. He's he's like a big he's a big jock. You know, Fred Jones is a is a broad-shouldered man, but he's never been a jock. This guy's a jock. Like, he bullies Skip constantly to impress April. And you don't need to bring another man down. You gotta build yourself up. He also thinks that the ghost that they travel with is too cowardly. Yeah, like, no one here is good enough for him. He's negging them all. Negging? Negging. It's how you get people to like you, by insulting them. If, like, you know, if I tell you, oh, you would be really pretty if you lost a few pounds. Well, you, you personally. I see you yawning at that comment. But. I weigh 112 pounds. I know. As it is, you to please eat, what? eat. Where do you want me to lose the weight? I don't want you to lose any weight, but that's. My face is so skinny you can open cans on my cheekbones. I will make you a Where ham do you right now. This was an example of what nagging is. Because <laughs> then you'd be like, oh, I should lose weight to impress him. When really... Why would I think that? That's... I wouldn't think that. I know you wouldn't. You're a strong, independent lady, and that wouldn't work on you. But, and, and you know what? To be fair, we don't actually see it working on anyone here. Maybe, maybe Mudsy. But a- April is a strong, independent lady. <laughs> And it don't work on her. Okay, so we've established he's an asshole. Uh, He wants to be the one that drives the monster mobile in this race that's happening. Because that's the most masculine role. And later in the episode, 
when they're in that, like, mill, and everyone's like, all right, let's look around, and he starts sneaking like a fucking tool. <laughs> He's the only one who's sneaking. I honestly have to say, that endeared me back to him a little bit. More of that, please. Less of the negging. I also... So the the dog, the big bulldog, is definitely Augie's dog. But he takes Boo's side. He tells the dog not to bully Boo the cat. So there's an interesting mingling of character interactions there. He probably just knows that April prefers cats to dogs, so he's just like, all right, I'll take the cat side to make April like me more. I don't know, it's, it's something where, I mean, that's very possible. I feel I'm giving like, him actual human motivations for his actions. I'm not saying that Hanna-Barbera thought this right. through. No, I understand when that. When they were developing the great Augie Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> A very conflicted character. You know, uh, he's, he's boisterous, he is masculine, and yet he takes the cat's side. The Skip Scramble. Yes. For Skip Gilroy, if Augie was the Fred, uh, Skip is the Shaggy. He's very casual. Well, how can you not be driving around in a dune buggy? <laughs> you can't be formal in a dune buggy. Well, I just mean, like, Shaggy is scared of things. That gives him a very clear character trait. Skip, he's like, oh, look, a rock. Let's not hit it. Oh, yeah, we have a ghost friend. <laughs> Everything just rolls off his back, even though he's described as a chicken. I don't see a chicken in him. He was just being negged on, apparently. I've never heard that expression You've never before. heard negging? No. It's, it's like... Uh, because people wouldn't have told me, like, hey, insult that person into being your friend. It's called negging. I, they would have just been like, hey, don't be an asshole to people you want to be friends with. That's, you mean that. Those are the lessons I was taught. Well, we're good, you're good people, Amelia. I, I don't know where I'm picking up this nonsense, but... Someone's been a bad influence on you, Billy Squire. Which one, listeners, which one of you told me about negging? Skip is, I, did, I wrote down too optimistic. Maybe that goes in with your too casual. Too casual. Well, my big note for that was that he, he warned them about a rock, but too casually. What was an example of his optimism, you would say? Oh, I can't remember. It's been days since we watched this garbage. <laughs> I know. He, he was probably way too confident that they would win this, like, Formula One race with their dune buggy spliced with steam tractor parts. That seems like something Skip would do. So, uh, yeah, we can talk about this here because Skip is the one who builds the new hybrid car. Um, he's sort of the mechanic of the bunch. So they, they crash their, their dune buggy. And they have to splice it with a steam tractor. Why is it always the gangly redhead that's the mechanic? I don't know. You think it would be the burly, broad-shouldered men that were the mechanics? Well, I mean, back in the 60s, we're like, like, I guess the mechanic, like, that was the nerd. Like, ooh, I know how a car works. I, <laughs> I don't just drive one. When has a greaser ever been a nerd? I don't know. It, it's not. I'm trying to find a reason for it. I guess when they're splicing their cars with steam tractors. That's such like a red-green looking hunk of junk. I love it. And I think moving on to uh, the April appreciation. 
girl, shut the fuck up about the monster mobile. I could just wring her neck over how goddamn excited she is and how she just screams constantly throughout this episode, Go Monster Mobile! Like it can fucking hear you? My note for that was that Augie tries to impress her, but she's just here for the car. I think she's a bit of a greaser. And she does, she's she's the one who really says that they'll help the, the man with his raven problem. She just genuinely seems to like being out and about, doing things, working with people. She doesn't give a fuck about either of these boys. And I like that part of it. I like that they're fighting over her, but she doesn't give a fuck either way. Go April! No, because that encourages her to talk more, and I don't want that. Hmm. Well, she, fa- she falls down a trap door, so I thought that she was going to be doing the Daphne thing. But then everyone fell through the same trapdoor with her. And why is she, uh, he who shall not be named? Like, what's with the fucking, <laughs> what's with the fucking Voldemort nose? I was trying to figure out, like, oh, like, what, what problematic celebrity was playing her? But no, you're, it's just because of her non-nose. I feel like just, that's an, something that gets done because they can't have a lady with a big nose, Amelia. Then she won't be sexually attractive. So they just need to give her two slits. I don't find my nose cartilage was burned off in a terrible accident to be overly attractive. The animators are really into sexy snakes. And that's what they had to make her look like. Well, all I'll say is that Daphne still has a nose, so... She does, so they, they figured out how to do it right once. And so everyone gets captured. They fall down this trap door... Look at that son of a bitch copping a feel right now on April. Motherfucker. His hands were very high. He was like cupping her boobs. <laughs> Look at this. I'm lo- and guys, I'm his hands keep getting higher every time they zoom in. On the waist, sir. Skip. Ten and two. Anyway, we, we haven't talked about the funky phantom yet. No. I thought the, we were saving him the since... titular character. Yeah, he's the most important, clearly. So a he, gay ghost from 1776. His name is Mudsy Muddlemore. I don't know if it's just me, but I have a problem with the fact that they keep calling him that, his actual name. I feel like in a show called The Funky Phantom, I want to hear them calling him Funky Phantom more often. Like, this show has abandoned its branding. It's one thing to have a funky... Like, what about... I don't understand from the context within the episode that he's funky at all. Phantom, I get. Funky, I kind of heard some funk in that opening title. Well, this is just the one episode where he didn't pull out a slap bass. Every other episode, I'm sure he's out there with his jazz funk fusion slapping away at a bass. Well, I would, I would really be interested in seeing another episode of this. Well, I wouldn't because, be, so well, do that on your own fucking time. <laughs> I will. But what I'm saying is because there seems to be a structure in this episode where everyone is captured and he has to save them with his ghost powers. And I really like that. That gives it a reason to be different from Scooby-Doo, is that you have someone on your side. Like, they're not fighting the supernatural here. They're very clearly fighting just some weirdo banker. And 
they can fight him with ghost powers. <laughs> I forgot that he was just Snagglepuss. Why why is a ghost from 1776 being taught how to drive? You can blame that all on Augie. All right, I will. But I still want to know why. Because that's something that a masculine man will do, and maybe it's a way he will help emasculate Skip. And so, in Augie's mind, Mudsy being able to drive will make Augie more sexually attractive to April. Sure. His catchphrase seems to be hasty pudding. What does that mean? Hasty pudding? He said the phrase hasty pudding at least twice. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. I'll go, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember hearing it once. Well, all right, what would a hasty pudding... Because all of his stuff, all, all of the things, he, he's very colonial. Like, he definitely said at one point, Heavens to Betsy Ross! So it's all about that, like the Star Spangled Banner, George Washington Times. Look up hasty pudding. Did they have a lot of pudding then? <laughs> it's a food. There's a recipe for it. A mush containing cornmeal or wheat flour stirred into a thick batter in milk or water. Oh, yum, yum, yum. The consistency is similar to that of a porridge, and it is eaten while still warm. Oh, I love when food is described as a mush. Uh, fingers crossed that we are all allowed outside before we have to eat any of this hasty pudding. Because <laughs> it does not look good. But okay, so I, that does seem like something they would eat in colonial times, though. I, I can see Betsy Ross going down on a bowl of hasty pudding. I like how you can't name one other colonial figure. <laughs> Outside of George Washington's household. Benjamin Franklin. Betsy Ross didn't live with George Washington. They were husband and wife, weren't they? I'm pretty sure you'll find... Mrs. Washington was George Washington's I, wife. I thought that was like her maiden name. No, she's Like Betsy the, Ross Washington. She's the one that designed the American flag. That just seems like something... Look it up right now. Uh, I, I'm a, look, as you say it, I understand that I'm wrong. Because I've also remembered Martha Washington's name, who was much more likely to be his wife. And I know she did the flag, I just thought, like, you know, she was already part of the inner circle. She was an American upholsterer! <laughs> well, my apologies to the Ross family for thinking she got it on with George. Really, the last thing I have to say for Mudsy is that he has to endure a microaggression. I have to watch this phantom endure a microaggression when the expression... Ghost of a chance is used. Oh. So what, I'm- So what, I'm immaterial now, even? <clears throat> I, I, I lost the voice there. I did- I, Who am I doing here? I- I'm- Okay, I see what happened. <laughs> right, let me just try it again, because uh, there's a lot of I'm unusable material. I'm walking here. I'm wa yeah. <laughs> what, what am I, immaterial, even? I'm, I, I, I'm doing a New York accent. That's what you want to call it. I guess. You know what? That's the found. You know, of the founding of America when they came, George Washington and Betsy Ross in that boat, and they saw the Statue of Liberty standing there, and they said, "That's our country." Moving on uh, to Boo the Cat. 
He hates the dog. Yeah, I, I wrote down here. Do the dog and cat have a feud? The cat punched on the gas once the dog fell off. So, like, it, there does seem to be, you know, the natural aggression between a cat and a dog, but those power dynamics are played with a little bit because Boo is a ghost and has ghost powers. I sort of like their dynamic. It adds in something a little little fun for the kids in the heady mystery for the adults that's going on here. Minor mentions, Mr. Higgins. He is the farmer whose uh, house they destroy with their dune buggy. I wasn't paying attention. What did they actually destroy the, on The his... barn. They drove the buggy through the barn. When? I don't remember anything right, being breaked. Right at the beginning. Anything being breaked in this episode. That's anything like how being they broken are... in this episode. They arrived at the farm. They they crashed the buggy in. and But I feel like that wasn't the main problem that Farmer Higgins was happening. No, Farmer Higgins is being harassed off his property by a figure known as the Raven, who keeps, like, chopping down his silos or something. Yeah. Well, at first, I, I wrote down Old Man Worried About Ravens, because I thought he was just worried about an actual raven before we saw the man in the hood and the cloak and everything. But no, he's, he's an old man. He almost stabs these kids with a pitchfork. After they offer to help him, he makes them sleep in the barn. <laughs> yes. When he has a full farmhouse to himself. This is the other difference between Funky Phantom and Scooby-Doo. You know that the Scooby gang would be sleeping indoors, but these kids just lay out on the hay. Uh, and the other minor mention is a banker who, for some reason, has a Formula One race car. <laughs> yes. Uh, Otis Carter, the town banker. He has a white mustache, and uh, he's trying to make an offer on the farm. It's, it's, it has a Formula One car yeah. for some reason. He's a, oh, you, can, you can't enter in the race. I have a Formula One car in that. Well, that doesn't mean they can't enter. Yeah, exactly. And also, it's like, dude, I really don't think they're going to win when like a half buggy, half steam tractor goes against a Formula One car. If he had just let things take the natural course, I think it would have been fine. But he had to get in there. With his little raven costume and fuck it up. Oh, you ruined it. You ruined the big reveal. Well, Amelia, this is that very- That could have been done masterfully with some dramatic tension. But no, the raven is the banker. I, I think we all knew the raven <laughs> was the banker. This is classic Scooby-Doo. I'm understanding the formula at this point of these old episodes. It's yeah, the other person. Scooby-Doo would at least- offer you more than one other character. Well, there was that, like, assi the assistant to the banker, but he was never seen as anything but a villain. Yeah. So he's not exactly a red herring, is he? He's no. not an Ebenezer shark that they can think, oh, he's got to be Captain Cutler. Exactly. So, yeah, the raven is the banker. He wants a farmland for ore. Because that's what you mine. <laughs> Describe the raven to me as a villain. Why? He's so lame. Well, for the benefit of the listeners. Gray suit, hood, cover in his face. There you go. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Having watched so much Scooby-Doo, seeing a villain go so basic. This, this is a costume that's meant to cover your face. And that's all. 
we still do get a couple of those scenes of like they're not in front of everybody but they're scheming i felt like we got a lot of those scenes in the speed buggy episode but it's not as bad like that one it felt almost get a clue to me it, it gave me phineas fives ideas this one's just like okay we needed a cutaway uh what would you know we we know the master criminal plan it's it's that or shit is it feasible he can afford a Formula One racing car and a helicopter. He doesn't need to be the raven to buy this farm property, and he doesn't need this farm property in the first place. You have enough money if you have a Formula One race car and a helicopter. And also, I feel like, okay, this money-making venture isn't working out. Just go pursue another avenue. You're not hurting for money, you're just looking to expand your money. He's landed himself in prison now because of this. It's pure greed. You didn't need to do it. Bad plan. And in terms of terror scale, Amelia? Zero. He did some fun things on the racetrack, but again, <laughs> unnecessary. Putting up a detour sign is not a fun thing. He rented a helicopter. No, he. I assume he owned that. All the more reason you didn't need to go through with all this. How do you rent a helicopter in a costume disguise? <laughs> Maybe he had his assistant do that. That's the reason you need the assistant. <laughs> do you think that assistant works for the bank? Or does he, like, just freelance for the raven? Freelance? Yeah. Freelance henchman. Sure, yeah, that one. <laughs> do you have any other thoughts or feelings on the Funky Phantom? Um, just that these kids are all idiots. At one point, they're sent along a very slow-moving conveyor belt towards a large wheel that would, like, grind wheat into flour, and none of them think to, like... Shimmy off of it? To roll <laughs> off to the left and or right. <laughs> they were committed to dying in that mill if Mudsy didn't use his ghost powers of being invisible to bankers. They also all sat atop that steam barrel of their monster mobile while it was racing. Would that not have been incredibly hot on their poor unprotected genitals? Yes. I would also say this farmer should, like, if he's hurting for money, don't willy-nilly let these kids take apart your steam tractor. That I'm sure that there are automotive collectors... Who would be so super into that? That's such a niche market. And maybe I'm thinking of like my like post-2000s car collector atmosphere out there. Maybe in his town no one's a car collector, no one's really interested. But I mean at the very least nowadays, if you own a steam tractor, don't let kids take it apart for their buggy project. My, my thought or feeling is just that this music is... Definitely funkier, but it also retains the feel of Scooby-Doo. Like, we're looking here at Higgins and the banker talking. That shot could have been right out of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? I feel like the animation here is uglier. It's definitely lazier. Skip's face is just like an absolute nightmare it, to behold. It's got kind of a sketchier quality to it. Like, there's not as much fine detail, but... The color palette is right. Like, it doesn't, nothing feels as, like, bright. It still has that dark, ominous feeling that Where Are You had, and, and nothing's really captured since then. 
Nothing. No media has captured an ominous vibe since the original Scooby-Doo. All right, then, is, uh, don't fool with a phantom, funky phantom, and not Scooby-Doo. Get a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't. I believe we both gave don't fool with a phantom of Scooby-Doo a Scooby-Doo. Because that one's entertaining. That's the wax phantom. He made it onto your Rushmore. He, he absolutely did. This, however. The Raven wouldn't make it onto Rushmore. This is just goddamn mess. I, I really like the character dynamics here. I think there are probably episodes of Funky Phantom that I'll be really into. I also think it's a shame if this is the first episode that they didn't give us an actual origin episode. Because with Scooby-Doo... Some kids that own a dog. Cool. I don't need to know what their history is. With these kids? You get it in the opening theme, Billy. I want- They were driving one night, got wet and cold, went into a house, noticed a clock was not the right time, so they set it to the correct time, and that awakened a phantom that they saw and all exclaimed, It's a funky phantom! And then he joined their group. What needs explaining about that, Billy? I want it given to me. In episode form. I don't. Rather than song form. Nope, because the song is over quicker than an episode. But you could, you could place... You, I'm not saying that's the entire premise of the episode. Maybe they also need to catch a goblin at the same time. Just throwing it out there. Well, why are you cursing me to have to watch them be introduced to the Funky Phantom and catch a goblin? Because that makes good television. It does not. As for Don't Fool with a Phantom... I I think I would give this one a Scooby Don't. There's gonna be good episodes of Funky Phantom though. I I am optimistic about Funky Phantom making a strong return, but for right now, it's just another race, and the Raven didn't do it for me. The group dynamics are awful. The same with Speed Buggy. They have one woman in there. And yes, I want. I do want to see more women. The woman is either lusted after by the, the men or completely disregarded and gaslit by the men. Tinker, totally misogynistic prick to the woman in his group. These two just trying to conquer her like a goddamn prize. Plus, they give them the worst voices. She's got a fucking Voldemort face. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> this is this is awful. This is a Scooby Don't. Do not watch Funky Phantom. After talking Did- about it, this is at the bottom. Shockingly, Captain Caveman made it to the top. Captain Caveman, S- yeah. Speed Buggy sits neutral in the middle as of right now. Do you think it's because Captain Caveman had three women in it? I think Captain Caveman's just a cuter idea. Oh, look, it's a little proto-human, and he kind of speaks, but not well. That's funny. Let's laugh at the uneducated. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than, look, there's a colonial ghost. (laughs) He helped exterminate the native population. (laughs) And Speed Speed Buggy speaks, and he's done by, like, who was it? Mel Blanc? Mel Mel Blanc. That's entertaining. Remember in that episode, he almost found love and had his heart broken. He had his heart wrenched in that episode. Oh, I see. Wrenched, because he's a car. You get it. And on that note... (laughs) That's it from Scooby-Dooby-Us. To Scooby-Dooby-You.